Mike Tyson saw a hypnotist because his trainer and father figure, Custy Amato, said, you're going to be the greatest. But he didn't believe it. Mm. So he took him to a hypnotist in New York. Mm. They lay down on the ground and he closed his eyes. Think of nothing. It's just darkness. And then when you get to that mental place, you say what you want them to do. So Custy Amato wrote down what he wanted the hypnotist to say to Mike Tyson. He said, you're in a punch in bunches, punches and bunches. Your opponent cannot take your punches. You're going to slip. You're going to dodge. You're going to use your jab. Pop, pop, pop. And he just became, in his words, this ferocious animal. <laughs> From hypnotism. From hypnotism. Wow. I, I don't envy young people mm. who have a supercomputer in their pants pocket and they can look and compare themselves because it looks like people have their lives together, but I assure you, they don't. They're just showing what they want to show you. Exactly. I would not trade my life for anyone because I have an amazing wife and I have a daughter that I just love so much. Exactly. And that's, so I, that's, hope, that's, I hope everyone gets there. That would be my hope. I would hope everyone gets to a place where they wouldn't want to change your life or trade it with anyone. Hello and welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Zhao. And today I am so lucky and fortunate to have professional hypnotist, host of John Cena's show, Double Take, performing on Americans Got Talent, Steve Harvey Show, Penn and & Teller, and much more, semi-pro marathon and long-distance runner. He is the one and only, one word, Chris Jones. Thank you so much for coming today. That was the best introduction. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. For having me. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm, again, I am still in shock and disbelief that you um, agreed to come to our, the, my podcast. I'm really grateful. Well, I for listened. This. No, I, no I, I listened to a few episodes. And are you 19 yet? No, I'm 18, actually. There is no way I would ever really? have the courage to share this with the world when I was your age. There's <laughs> well, my wife, and she's like, but it's just a podcast. I'm like, you don't understand. You put into the universe and it's forever. And yeah. so, kudos to you. Thank you so much, Chris. Oh, I, I'm really flattered, actually. Thank you so much. And by the way, your show was absolutely amazing. I got nice to fun. say, um, it was it was fascinating. I mean, I'm still wearing your stay stay I woke shirt. I stay woke shirt. It was in the dark. I think everyone was was um everyone's. Deeply fascinating. And you can see how many people went up on yeah. stage to shake your hand afterwards, take pictures. That was that. a great audience. I've been to your school a few times. Yeah. There's a great history of your school outside of just performing. Okay. Uh, a lot of influential, thoughtful people come out of your school. So I was very happy to be there. Really appreciate it. Uh, I mean, and if you're ready, let's jump straight into it, shall we? Yeah. So yeah, starting off, the first question, and this is probably for a lot of skeptics out there, is hypnotism real? It is real. I promise. It's been around for thousands of years. It goes all the way back to ancient Egypt and the pyramids. They had sleeping chambers. Really? People got sick. They would bring them into the bottom of the pyramids. Cool, relaxing music, cooler temperatures. You'd have a priest there just saying repetitive sounds to help you relax and let go. Your ailment is leaving your body. You're getting stronger and more healthy each day. Mm -hmm. And people get better. Interesting. So what is hypnotism? That's a great question. Like if we looked in the dictionary, I'd probably say an altered mental state of concentration 
which sounds pretty good. Uh, people think, oh, it, it's associated with mind control, and it's not that. Mm -hmm. I'm on stage when someone comes in trying to get better. I say the right words in the right order, and they get entranced. Mm -hmm. the subconscious mind takes over, mm -hmm. and then they walk out from the theater or walk out from the office with new focus. Interesting. So hypnotism sort of brings a person to a different state of consciousness? Yeah. So you're not really asleep. People say, oh, you hypnotize people, you put me to sleep. I don't put you to sleep. When you're watching a really good movie or playing a really good video game, you don't think, oh, this is fake. You don't question Batman. Yeah, He's just an actor. Sure. You're just so entranced in the story, the plot, or if it's terrible, you're like, this is so bad. I can't believe I'm wasting my time with this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, some of Christopher Nolan's movies are three hours long. Yeah. And you just sit there at the edge of your seat like, this is fascinating. Like, the Heath Ledger is the Joker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so take out the yeah. word brainwash. Take out the word hypnosis. Just complete focus. Getting into a zone. Yeah. Interesting. So, And you talk to athletes about that. So we'll talk about the athletic uses of hypnosis. Yeah, definitely. I think that would be a big part because we have a lot of athletes that listen to this podcast and would really appreciate the athletic hypnotism that, that we'll, we'll definitely spend a lot of time talking about later. But um, so with hypnotism, does that change how your brain wires or, or is it just activating a different sense that has not That's been activated? That's an incredible question. I like to compare it to the movie Limitless. Mm -hmm. There's a pill this guy takes and it unlocks his mental potential. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're accessing a part of the brain we had never reached before. Mm -hmm. Kids are super great at being hypnotized. Mm -hmm. Six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, when they're playing, all they want to do is play. They can play for hours and hours and you're like, you have to eat. Mm -hmm. You have to go to the bathroom. No, it's just all play. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very much in all of us. Mm. We can put people into an fMRI and see what part of their brain is firing up when they're mm -hmm. hypnotized. Talks about the prefrontal cortex, which is pretty cool. But mm -hmm. we're, you know, as smart as we are as a civilization, we still don't have all the brain answers we're looking for. So there's a lot. Interesting. We still don't. We still don't know. So hypnotism is something that preceded science and is just there, or you think it sort of came. Because you mentioned it's um, it it was here since ancient Egypt, right? Thousands of years ago. I mean, the scientific method has been around. I don't know, two hundred some years. You have a hypothesis, exactly, you yeah. test, you collect data, you research. Uh, what's peer review? You know, but people have like cowpox. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden, people weren't getting smallpox anymore because they noticed people who got cowpox weren't getting smallpox mm. it is just an observation yeah uh, marketing instagram that's that's mm. largely hypnosis mm. gambling hypnosis gambling it's, is hypnosis hmm. there's so, a reason our, we mm, as as interesting people are animals mm -hmm. our eyes track movement so mm -hmm. when people are scrolling on instagram looking for something looking for something it's kind of the same as a gambler wheel yeah like you're looking your eyes are looking for something and you know so it's good to is it is it fair to compare him a person in a hypnotized state to say addiction to, to a, a person question. that's addicted or 
Well, the cool thing about hypnosis is you can turn it on and off when you've trained yourself. Ooh. You can turn it on, you can turn it off. Wow. Yeah. And if you have a hypnotist or a coach will say, they can help you turn it on and turn it off. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson saw a hypnotist because his trainer and father figure, Custy Amato, said, you're going to be the greatest. But he didn't believe it. So he took him to a hypnotist in New York. They lay down on the ground and he closed his eyes. Think of nothing. It's just darkness. And then when you get to that mental place, you say what you want them to do. So Kustimato wrote down what he wanted the hypnotist to say to Mike Tyson. He said, you're going to punch in bunches, punches and bunches. Your opponent cannot take your punches. You're going to slip. You're going to dodge. You're going to use your jab. Pop, pop, pop. And he just became, in his words, this ferocious animal. <laughs> From hypnotism. From hypnotism. Wow. You could say the best heavyweight boxers of all time. People would either say Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson lost to a guy who saw a hypnotist. And Muhammad Ali lost to a guy who was hypnotized. Before the match? Uh, Yeah. So I'll send you the the link to it. But (laughs) literally, Muhammad Ali is talking like, he has a hypnotist. He they got hypnotist on (laughs) Not no hypnotist <laughs> and boom, broke his jaw, broke Muhammad oh Ali's jaw. So it's Mike very Tyson f- lost to Buster Douglas 42 to one with the odds. That means like if you bet a thousand dollars and Mike Tyson won, you still wouldn't win a thousand dollars. Like there, there's no way Mike Tyson's gonna lose to Buster Douglas. And Buster yeah. Douglas just had the mental mindset. Like he I've seen him, I've seen him train. Mm-hmm. I can beat him, and he did. So we can first loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so there's definitely a big connection between sports psychology and hypnotism, right? Yes, absolutely. Because if you're not confident, you're not going to get a performance that you deserve. And actually, yes, you have to yeah. train. Yes, you have to put in the time. Mm-hmm. But if if you do all this training and then you haven't prepared yourself for the crowd, you can choke. That's very. You true. do all. The- Training, and then the spotlight's on you and you don't see like your dad or mom in the in the audience looking at you and you're like oh god i can't do it without them <laughs> you can choke. interesting how much do you say mental game plays a part in athletical performances i've heard the cliche uh, sports are 10 percent physical 90 percent mental i agree with that completely 90 percent wow that's insane I, I 100% believe that because there's your brain, there's your heart and your gut. Mm -hmm. Okay. We might talk a little holistic. We might talk about East meets West a little bit, Yeah, but you got to have the fire in your tummy. Mm -hmm. You got to have the desire in your heart. Mm -hmm. And then intelligence is incredible key too. Mm -hmm. I love track and field. Mm -hmm. Edwin Moses was this incredible hurdler. I think he had 122 consecutive wins. Like no wow. one beat him for 12 years. He would have been to three <laughs> Olympics, crazy. but there was a boycott. So I think I know he missed one, mm-hmm. but double gold medal over, over 12 years. Mm-hmm. And his school, Morehouse College did not even have a track, but he was an engineer. He measured the track and he found the shortest distance is not the center lane, but about seven to eight inches from the left lane. Okay, so Wait, he what? said, "I'm interesting." Okay, okay. So you think I to, I the shortest distance that. is the center of the track? Mm-hmm. Not if you're doing a full lap, you're doing extra yardage. 
So he said, what's the shortest I can do? It's seven to eight inches. And that's where he planted his foot. He's taken 13 steps around the entire track and he's shaving off that lane distance everyone else is doing. So there's intelligence there. And then he said the best way for me to be a winner again and again is not to get hurt. Because if you get 2% better every single day and your opponent is out there partying, (laughs) your opponent is out there and getting hurt, if you're not as good as that person, but you're putting in, you're going to get that exponential growth. Speaking of of which, I actually run this club called the One Percent Improvement Club in my school, and that's exactly the mindset that you just just mentioned. That we just look for the minimal improvement every single day instead of trying yeah. to you know get everything at once because because sports burnout happens so much, yep. injuries yep. happen so much, and that's like the two biggest killers of aspiring athletes, and also obviously the mental game. Like I. I I've seen statistics that shows that, you know, um, more, the most, most athletes give up, not because um, they're not good enough, but, but basically they gave up, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm guilty of this too. We focus on the end result and not Mm -hmm. the process. Mm -hmm. Like you should just get just a little bit better every day, just a little bit and not think if (laughs) I don't get this thing, Uh I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be it miserable in life no you just just focus on today yeah just a little thing interesting that's very fascinating i mean i I think we can talk about sports psychology forever but um we'll definitely come back to this later but i really really want to dive into this point before we move on what happens when a person is hypnotized like first of all but before that how how does that even happen you said you said something along the lines of saying some rhythm words and then someone yeah, just yeah, get hypnotized yeah. like how does that even work i've been doing this for 13 years so i'm just kind of accustomed Natural. to it okay it seems incredible to people who aren't familiar it's the yeah. right word in the right order by someone you trust it's those three things right words right order someone you trust or someone you trust Mm -hmm. that's that's really it if if your coach tells you hey you're gonna run 50 seconds flat you trust the coach and they say it enough times okay you're gonna get to the finish line and see 50 flat okay so yeah mm -hmm. there, there has to be work but it's so crazy like we did this in um, high school. If you use dumbbells and you you get specific ones, they can be 45-pound weights or 35-pound weights. They look the exact same. And you tell someone, oh, uh, you've, you've got 35s on there, but they're actually 45. People will lower or raise their abilities based on what they perceive they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Perceive Perception. I was actually, yeah. yeah, I was actually just looking at um, studies on pre-workouts. I don't know, but but the biggest factor of what why pre-workouts work is actually changes your perception of effort, so that you can actually do more weights. But 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 you're, you're still the same pre-workout shake. Yeah, or say like a, a pre-workout pre- shake or or yeah. yeah sorry, um, didn't mention specific. Uh, pre-workout shake. Yeah, because it changes your perception of effort, and then you actually push more weights, but you're still the same dude. You're, you, yeah. you, there, you didn't like suddenly, you know, I don't know, inject some, some, some thing to activate your muscle. It's just, it's just 
your your brain your brain is your brain changed and then your physique and your performance change that's very interesting mm. to draw the draw the line and i mean i sort of still so want to come back to the hypnotist hypnotism point so the the is there like a specific pattern to, to to the right words right right order someone you trust like i know you you let us do the um brick and then the yeah, yeah. The balloon yeah. thing at our show how do, you, do those kind of things work is is, um, is is all correlated or so if you're listening and you didn't see the show which is like <laughs> so many people uh <laughs> i say it. everyone in the audience just try this extend your right arm and make a fist so your elbow's straight you're making a fist and imagine you have a string with a healing balloon and then watch a balloon as it pulls higher towards the ceiling. And imagine the helium is somehow leaking out and your fist is dropping. Okay. All right. There's more helium. So it's pulling higher. And then it's, it's just, for some reason, there's a hole and it's dropping. Relax your arm. If your fist moved, you had good focus, good concentration. You go into your creative mind. And if you're really good, you might sleepwalk. The term for those people is somnambulist, people who sleepwalk. If you can sleepwalk, you can get hypnotized. And then I do that one more time. That's what we call a suggestibility test. Mm. And um, that's kind of the secret there. I see who's suggest suggestible. And then I go into the audience, give them a polite touch on the shoulder. And I say, sleep. And their chin goes towards their chest. The audience is like, holy crap. And I'm like, this is what's supposed to happen. Like, this is how the show starts. So... At that moment, when they were raising their um, arms, uh, the helium, they were already entering the creative side, yep. which is the hi hypnotized Hypnot state. The hypno hypnotic, yeah. hypnotic state. What was the word for it, sir? I'm a hypnotist. I okay. perform hypnosis. Okay. They get hypnotized. Okay. And um, that's that's how I conjugate, I guess. <laughs> okay. So th then at that moment, they're already hypnotized. And then all you have to do is just. No, tap them. The yeah, they're definitely system. getting there. Yeah, they're okay. definitely getting there. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I remember you were doing a handshake with a person and boom. <laughs> oh, that's true too. Yeah. Uh, so creating the sensation of hypnosis sometimes will involve shock. So I shake someone's hand and then I do a little snap with my finger and oh, I go, yeah. Sleep. That's why the snap comes in, yeah. A lot of yeah, seeing a lot yeah. of the, in movies and also yeah, you you did that a lot. I'm not allowed to do hypnosis over the radio. I can't do the relax, let go. The induction is what we call to create the induction. I can't do that over the micro over the radio because people mm. could get hypnotized listening while they're driving their cars. Oh, okay, will be bad. That's true. I've oh, done virtual shows during the pandemic, and I just say, hey, don't be in a car. Make sure the stove is off be in a position where you're safe and don't fall out of a chair and, and then you can try it from the comfort of your home. So you can actually get hypnotized virtually over the screen. A hundred percent because during the lockdowns, I was doing shows over Zoom. Wow. Um, Illinois Institute of Technology is a fantastic school here. Mm -hmm. Really intelligent people. A young lady was on the Zoom mm -hmm. and she was from Nigeria, like literally in Nigeria. Mm. And I was like, this is crazy. Welcome all the way from Nigeria. <laughs> Sleep. And she was just watching it. And, I, and like a woman got hypnotized from Poland, living in America. And she got hypnotized and would not speak English. So this dude had to find someone who spoke Russian and try and break it down because no one spoke Poland in her office. Oh and like, they're like, God. all right, wake up because i was useless at that point like 
she accidentally muted her her Zoom call and they called the office landline and dude speaking to her in Russian. It was a wonderful shit show. <laughs> that's 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 fascinating. I've that's I really appreciate that story. That's very interesting to hear. Yeah. I mean absolutely. I bet I this is just a vague guess, but I speculate people in um in Nigeria would find it hard to believe that hypnotism is true. Or is that is that or you don't think I don't so? know. I've I've I haven't been to Africa yet. The young lady, she was cool. The great thing about colleges is it's not necessarily light-minded people, mm -hmm. but it's people who say education is important. I'm going to value an education, mm -hmm. right? So if it was a bar, a lot of people say, oh, I think this is fake. I don't believe it. I'm not buying it. Mm -hmm. But when I do my shows at colleges, universities, high schools, there's a shared interest in, well, I know that person. Mm -hmm. I know they wouldn't do that. And I go, if you're skeptical, that's fine. There's a library just right there. Mm -hmm. Go to the psychology section and see any books you want. Mm -hmm. There's no debate because there have been studies. Many studies. Like, I can shows show you the evidence. Yeah. So interesting. I mean, you did mention about the creative side um, that that people enter, and I suddenly just had this connection. So, so do you think artists or those who require more creativity are more easily to get hypnotized than others? Or it's a good question. I I think everything in life is kind of a bell curve. You got your high performers, your your not so high performers. You got <laughs> the chunk of us in the middle those high performers in anything, the arts, in athletics, in academia, they can all go to places where you can be talking to them, but they're not there. They're, they're figuring out something else. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Like Einstein, I think he came up with his theory of relativity when he was riding his bicycle. Like he did his best work as a patent clerk when his mind was free and his body just got to be moving but the mind is going, he's like, oh yeah, I never thought about time that way. If I'm on the train and the train's moving away from a big clock and the hand's slowing down, hmm, time is relative. Interesting. I mean, yeah, this sort of connects with Newton's um, discovery of yeah. gravity to it's it, with the apple. Sitting under a tree. Physical, and just... Yeah, triggering yeah. the mental state. And I was actually just connecting this with them. Yeah, like a lot of, I actually generate a lot of my ideas for, for a lot of things. Either um, showering or like taking yes. a walk or something. I think showering is so a I, big Newton, big. I think he was in the bathtub and he goes, Eureka, I figured it out. Yeah, when you allow yourself to relax. Oh, Arch Archimedes with the um, the North Pole and the South Pole, he was sitting in the bathtub and then. The, Archimedes, yeah. Archimedes, yeah. Interesting, interesting. I mean, coming back to um, triggering, uh, coming back to about people getting hypnotized, mm -hmm. do you think that, um, say, intelligence or skepticism or, or other factors could play into um, being successfully hypnotizing someone or not? Intelligence, if someone is afraid they will look dumb, they're not likely to get hypnotized with me. Okay. Because there's not enough trust. People say, oh, I'm too smart to get hypnotized. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Mm. You know, we're every single person walking. It's just a baby that got taller. <laughs> no one knows everything. Interesting. You know what I mean? 
there's 218 countries, depending on who you ask in this world. And I can't hypnotize everyone. I assure you, because if I could, I'd probably make world peace a thing. <laughs> I only speak English. When my wife helps me for shows, she speaks in Spanish and she can do the induction. My brother speaks Japanese. Okay. I did a show in Japan and I spoke and then he was going to translate into Japanese. And then they still got hypnotized. Well, the fun thing about Japan is like everyone also speaks English. They're just very oh. polite. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even need you, Shane. But, uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you don't think intelligence would play a part. It, it really is the skepticism part that, that plays a part in you know, him, him being successfully hypnotizing someone or not. I mean, I can hypnotize a five or six year old. No problem. Mm -hmm. Are they more intelligent than a 50 year old? It's a different type of intelligence. You know true, what I mean? True, true, true. Yeah. Like wisdom and experience and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, um, for, for skepticism, the point on skepticism, um, do you think that you can hypnotize anyone, just anyone after they, after you sort of gained their trust? Or do you That's think they're question. just, just because you did mention about the 10% or 10% yeah. of people. If, if you're in the sure. audience at one of my shows, you're part of the 10% who might get hypnotized. Sometimes it's more than that, but it's usually not more than 20 because I literally don't want more than 20% of people getting hypnotized. Because mm. then it's just hard to control. I have people running around being crazy. <laughs> no way. 10% 10, 10 is, is good. But if someone's coming saying, hey, I want to quit smoking. Like, yeah, sit in my office. You've done the work. Now listen to my voice. Sit still. Don't move. You remember how dangerous cigarettes are? You want to live a long, healthy life? You want to see your kids grow up? You want to be with your loved ones? You're going to put down the cigarettes. And it's not that you're an ex-smoker, because mm -hmm. right now you're not smoking. You mm -hmm. just choose not to smoke. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Or like, what's your sport again? What's your go-to? Soccer. Soccer. Mm -hmm. Messi, mm. World Cup. Mm. You can watch him on the the pitch, the field, what have you. A lot of guys will run to the ball and he'll just straight walk and scan and scan. And he has this ability just to just walk and scan the crowd. So he knows where people potentially could be. And then he knows where he wants to be. Mm -hmm. Um the incredible hockey player, greatest of all time, the GOAT, Wayne Gretzky. He's like, mm -hmm. I don't go to where the puck is. I predict where the puck is going to go. Mm. So they're just so on you, another level, mental level. Meditating is very much hypnosis. The only mm, difference is if you're just starting to meditate, you can do it by yourself. And if you're doing hypnosis, you might do it with another person. Mm -hmm. So I tell you, close your eyes. Think of who we're going against this week. And I do this not on like Friday before the game, Saturday. I do this on like Monday, even a week or two before. This is an important game coming up. Just start to relax. Mm -hmm. Lay down, close your eyes, turn off the lights, put a towel over your eyes. Mm -hmm. And Messi, Pele, they will both do this. They roll up a towel, close their eyes, and they see the game. See themselves losing the game. Visualization. As a catastrophe. See themselves missing the mm -hmm. goal. And when it comes out penalty shots and the crowd cheers, but they lost. So they proved you wrong. It's not the end of the world. Mm. Then he sees himself winning. Mm. Then he sees himself playing in an incredible fashion. Mm -hmm. And then 
the best game ever where you can predict where the ball is going. Everyone's moving in slow motion because you've put in the training you're going. Mm-hmm. See yourself crossing over, mm-hmm. crossing over, boom. And that, you've rehearsed it. Mm-hmm. So you and think that visualization is is kind of hypnotism but to yourself that's what it is interesting because <laughs> there's a reason we day drink you know mm. there's there's why why do we drink why does everyone on the planet close their eyes turn off your brain to some degree yeah and have dreams mm-hmm. why i think it's to get to where we want to go emotionally and physically Oh, you so that's where dream analysis comes in. I would think so. Mm. It's like, I had this crazy dream that my teeth fell out. Well, that could mean this. Oh, all right. Look out for that. I had this crazy <laughs> dream that, you know, whatever. Like I said, we might get into some holistic things and some East meets West, and I'm okay with that. Interesting. I mean, uh, one, one quick question, though. If, if Say if you, just, do, what do you think dreams represent, though? Um, like for example, if you dream of I don't know achieving success or something, does that mean like you are actually going to get success, or it's just like an inner wish that you have? Or, like I don't know, because oftentimes I, dreams are weird. Dreams are very weird, yep, illogical. Yep. Um, not usually usually doesn't take place. Um, yeah, like falling off a hotel, you no, know, or something like that. Like it happens to me all the time. <laughs> you have a dream that you're falling off of a hotel. Or like jumping down an elevator or flying around. I don't know. I have all kinds of dreams. Let me see. I, I used to keep a dream log to to to, to That's log in cool. my dream. That's real cool. I'm yeah. try, I try my best to wake uh to 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 remember dreams, but every, it's, it's some some of the content are too weird that I just can't share. <laughs> um, I get it. And this is a weird thing. I mean, Serena Williams. She has an incredible story. Her dad was watching TV one day, and this woman got a check for $15,000 or some large amount of money. And he said, this woman played a weekend of tennis and got $15,000. Female athletes weren't, still aren't paid comparable to men. But back in the day, it was horrible. It was atrocious. And he said, well, if she got $15,000 for a weekend, what if I had two daughters? So he went to his wife and he says, honey, we're going to have two daughters. And he Mm. wrote, I don't want to misspeak, but it was like a 56 some page blueprint on how to teach himself yes. tennis King, King and, and then teach movie, yes. this to his daughters. <laughs> and uh, he spoke it into existence. There's an interview with the older sister, Venus, and they're like, why do you think you can beat her? You're so confident. And he buzzed in there is like, do not. Um, this is not what he said, but he's like, don't talk about her confidence. She said it with confidence. Leave it alone. Because he was protecting his daughter's confidence. Confidence is so important. Mm, interesting. You walk into a bank and you're wearing horrible clothes. They're going to say, we're not giving this person any money. You walk in there looking like you don't need the money. They run to you. Sir, ma'am, how can I help you? You haven't said a word. It's your clothing. It's how you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Confidence, yeah. How they perceive you. Presence. That's word. Yeah. How, how you're present um anyways yeah we, we we have so much to talk about actually i think that that's very fascinating to talk. We, we we sort of 
we will circle back we to that. Around. But yeah. um, and I blame myself. I mean, <laughs> of course. I mean, all the things you're saying is is I'm running out of vocabularies that's similar to interesting and fascinating. All that, but you know, you you get my point. Um, but I I I'm really curious about your hypnotism journey, though. How yeah. did you get into hypnotism, and why did you get into hypnotism? I did magic tricks. I loved magic. I went to magic there we go. <laughs> stores when I was in sixth grade. My parents took me once a month and like literally after school, they picked me up and they drove me there. And I learned from amateur and professional magicians how to do a few tricks mm-hmm. that moved into high school. I put down magic. I picked it back up in college mm-hmm. and I wasn't very good, mm-hmm. honestly, you got to practice constantly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't practice enough. So I can do some tricks, but they weren't incredible. Mm-hmm. In grad school, I kept seeing hypnotists. Mm-hmm. And I thought I could do that. Mm. And a few were very kind. Dan Laurinaitis, Fred Winters. Those are a couple of my mentors. Salish, who's my mentor mm-hmm. slash big brother mm-hmm. slash agent. He's currently my agent. He's a guy who taught me hypnosis. Salish. Wow. <laughs> That's a turnaround. <laughs> Interesting. He's incredible. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they told me what books to read. They told me how to shape my show. Okay. And that was 2011. I bought a brand new Prius. Uh-huh. I moved all my stuff into my dad's house. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I see a lot of stuff here. And I said, I quit my job at university. Okay. I'm going to be a traveling hypnotist. And Just he like was that. very angry. <laughs> I was I said, Dad, it's gonna work. I've got a couple degrees under my belt. If it doesn't work, I can find a job. Okay. But it's going to work, Dad. And it worked. Interesting. So so you only started on hypnotism after graduating college or during college, sorry. Hypnotism was well, so there was a resident assistant. I was resident assistant for three years in college. Mm-hmm. And I would do magic tricks and there are my residents and my friends would humor me. It's like, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty all right. But I, I bombed the talent show like horribly in front of 600 people just tanked. <laughs> like, Chris, please get off the stage. It's not working. We see the string you're using to levitate. It's dumb. Oh, damn. And that moved me into hypnosis. Like, that's the cool thing about failure. Sometimes yeah. you're like, well, I'm actually much better at something else. That's that's interesting. I mean that that sort of also comes with um sports performance too, and also oh, like yeah. using failure as as actually a tool to as a jump. Lance Armstrong, who cheated, but was a pretty good triathlete, and someone said, "Just focus on the bike, Lance." And yes, he cheated, but he probably was one of the best of all the cheaters. <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, yeah. So coming back to your hypnotism journey, so yeah. So that so after that, how how did it go? I mean, did, did at the start, how did you get your first audiences to come to uh, your hands? And and also, how did 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 it work? Like, who's the first person that you've ever hypnotized in your life? <laughs> Is that your dad? Or no? So when, uh, when I was in, I, I was done with. I wrote my thesis on hypnosis. So in graduate school, I I picked a pretty so fun major, major recreation psychology recreation. Or? Oh, not even my friend. Recreation, outdoor parks, play. Um, I was a wilderness first responder, so what is that actually? I I I actually don't know. 
Recreation. You ever watch the TV show Parks and Rec with Aziz Ansari and Amy Poehler? No. All right, because you're studying. That's good. <laughs> when you go to the recreation center to exercise, okay, that's rec. when oh. um, there's a YMCA, there's a Boys and Girls Club, all that rec, leisure, community building, mm -hmm. physical activity, that's recreation. Mm. I could work for a national park, mm -hmm. for example. Okay. So I wrote a small, big 60-page paper on hypnosis. And uh, <laughs> when I was done with that, mm -hmm. a gentleman said, hey, you know hypnosis? I said, yeah, I know hypnosis. And he said, great. Can you do a show for me? I'm like, I love doing a show for you. And a week later, he's like, hey, I put up all the ads for your show. And I'm like, I've never done it before. <laughs> like, ever. Never had a person before. Never, never. And he says, well, that's too bad because I put up all the ads and my residents are really excited. And I was like, oh my God. So I, I was in this room with like 30 people <laughs> and I, I'm the hypnotist. I need volunteers. I had like six volunteers and like all six got hypnotized and I go, wake up, I woke up and I said, and I was like, holy shit, like it worked. It worked. <laughs> ah. And I was so excited. I forgot what routines to do. I was just like, sleep. Ow. It <laughs> yeah. And they're like, now what? And I was like, I don't know. Like, it worked. And they're like, yeah, I'll do something funny. And I was like, ah. <laughs> uh, so that's where so, everything started. That was the first time you've successfully tried hypnotizing someone? Well, I definitely, you, once you're learning, you, you try and do something with someone who's been hypnotized before. Mm -hmm. So... I would go to these hypnosis shows and I would say, oh, this guy got hypnotized. And I see him in the lunchroom like, hey, can I try and do that? And I might get their head to drop, but it definitely wasn't a performance. Mm -hmm. And the other weird thing is like, if I said, go to sleep right now and your eyes drop, yeah. and then you, I say, wake up, I'd be like, was that real? Were you just pretending? I couldn't tell. Yeah. Like if you're learning, don't know if they're there or not. I remember I, uh, I faked it on your show. I uh, a <laughs> little bit. I I was I, I actually wanted to ask you did did it work or uh, you, or you went someplace. You went someplace because when your eyes were closed, like you said no. some funny things and you no. I was I was faking everything. <laughs> well, I knew you were the the faker because that's what yeah. you said. I I I'm I shouldn't have said that. I, now that I'm thinking back, I, I was I I should have just act, kept kept acting or something. Cause I, I thought, you know, you, you, you're the professional. You definitely see that I'm faking. So I would just say something, but then... well, the, the thing is when there people are hypnotized, usually there's no laughing. And I was like, I'm not seeing laughing from this guy. Mm. Uh, Could like, be. of course I say, Oh, you know, you're, you're, you're Spider-Man. And they're like, I really wasn't Spider-Man. Like, no, you weren't Spider-Man, but yeah. Uh, interesting. I digress. Yeah. So you, 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 so I actually got you. Well, with same was with Michael Buble. When your head's down and your yeah, chin's towards you don't your know. chest, it's like, I don't know until you move. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So the first routine I do is um, forget your name. And if someone's like, they can say their name, cool. I'll try the handshake. And if that drops them, great. Or if they, um, they go, uh, my name is seven up. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I, 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 you're great. You know, I try not to embarrass people. You're great. You stay here <laughs> you and stay I'm going to, I'm going to focus on someone else. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, and speaking of this, like how many, 
shows have you been been to after that first success obviously 2011 i had an agent and sight unseen i sent them promo video like i haven't met these people before mm -hmm. and they said we want a new hypnotist you seem like you have a good promo video we have a few rules do the best show you can when you perform be sure to pay the agency be on time if you're going to be late let the people know and behave yourself on the road like five rules mm -hmm. and they booked me like six seven shows mm -hmm. and that's why i was like i can't have two jobs and be traveling this much so sight unseen you know never doing a show for more than a hundred dollars i quit my job mm -hmm. had that brand new car mm -hmm. and started traveling around the united states and like the first year i had like 70 shows and it was 90 i think i maxed already? out at 120 shows in a year wow yeah and because it's you not already just... like have a name out there with no the agency or... was pretty good the agency was pretty good plus uh i was pretty cheap at first <laughs> they're like yeah you for for 1200 1500 yeah which as a performer is pretty cheap mm -hmm. you think oh 1500 is a lot for a day that's a lot of money yeah but no but but you have to spend so travel. much money traveling and exactly. and uh, pre yeah. preparing all those time and you know, getting to show set health insurance and... all that jazz oh really health yeah. insurance yeah health insurance interesting and I mean, yeah. And then you started sort of making a name for yourself, right? And then 2015 slash 2016, I got on America's Got Talent. Did you get invited uh, or you signed up? I did. Uh, I'll tell you a secret that might help people listening. Although it's people. like reality and it's a game show, they want a good show. So uh -huh. there are producers who scan YouTube and social media and TikTok and um, people were filming my shows on their cell phones and putting them on YouTube and America's got talent said, we want a hypnotist. They gave me a bracelet so I could skip the line. Like I have a buddy who's a beatboxer, oh, really? sung beat. He got on as well. And I was like, man, get the bracelet, skip the line. But to his credit, he stood in line for like 12 hours mm. and waited outside. But I, Oh yeah. Yeah. While while the show is the going, the line is the line is around the door, and they'll have in all different parts of the United States. I did in Winston Salem, then I did in Chicago in um, mm -hmm. December, I believe. Mm -hmm. And but it was definitely cold, and people were just like they bundle up and they endure it. Mm. So go through like the first rounds and the second rounds the until first you can, round. until you can get onto the show. Yeah, and so I filmed it maybe in january mm -hmm. in front of the judges and then they i know they dropped it on may 27th because it was my birthday oh that's did yeah. they do that intentionally uh, <laughs> i wish this is yeah. a coincidence that's, that's yeah that's that's very big yeah the, the cool and honest thing is like it was very cool i was on national tv mm -hmm. and i got like the night started with like happy birthday happy birthday and then it ended with a thousand emails from people all over, like hypnotize me, cure me. I want to learn. How did you do that? Mm -hmm. Like literally, I didn't know it was, my life was going to change. <laughs> my cell phone number was on the internet. Like my emails, uh -oh. I had it. Uh -oh. <laughs> emails in and I was like, this is too much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's probably way too much. I mean, that to be fair, that was, that show was amazing. It's probably one of the most viewed 
hypnotist show on immigrants get Thailand. They were one of the most obviously. It, it was cool. Uh, a magician friend of mine, Matt Franco, won the whole thing the year before I was on, wow. and then uh, Shin won the the whole thing Shin like Lin. the year after me. He's he's incredible. Like, he's incredible. I watched I watched this show. I don't know how many times. <laughs> I mean, uh, wow. th- that's amazing. Um, and yeah, obviously you, you the first show killed it. How yeah. you. So, oh, he shook my hand. And if you read the comments, it's like, oh, this is fake. And I troll. I tr- I'm like, explain why it's fake. Like, you paid Howie. I'm like, I don't have money like that. <laughs> He's been rich for a really long time. And I was like, well, clearly he had a fake glove. And you see him put on. I'm like, well, that's a good theory. But he shook hands with three other people. Yeah, They didn't have fake gloves. Heidi Klum, Mel B, Howard Stern, they didn't have fake gloves on. Yeah. So your glove theory is gone. Yeah. And that's, I love magic. If you catch me doing a trick, I have nowhere to go. You're like, oh yeah, you're kept your pinky on the card. I'm like, well, you got me. Hypnosis, I don't need to run anywhere because yeah, I have this. Because it's true. Proven. It's, sci- it's scientifically I- proven. Yeah. Un- un- unless someone's faking it, obviously, which did, unfortunately, well, I don't, I don't know if Michael Buble intentionally faked it, but um, it he was, apologized he, later, yeah. but, uh, I, I don't mind. You don't mind? It, I, I mean, it. the universe works out as it should. Yeah. You know? I, I'm I certain. I really would have wished I, to I, see I, more of your shows on American's Got Talent. Oh, it, was, thanks, man. <laughs> it was very fun to watch. Watch the, I watched I'm the first. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, no, I'm sure I would not have met my wife if I had gone farther on that show. Um, really? I, Why would you say so? I'm confident. Oh, well, I mean, when... I was on America's Got Talent. Uh, my mom had cancer. Oh. And so the unfortunate thing Sorry. is she did pass mm-hmm. away. But Sorry. when I met my wife, mm-hmm. I was a mess. <laughs> like I was hungover and I was like, hey, uh, my mom died. I'm dealing with that, but uh, I'm a mess. But I'm single if you like me. <laughs> and my wife is just incredible. Where did you meet her? She, I met her on Tinder. I met her online. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> We were just swiping. And, uh, <laughs> Interesting. It was very important that I I end up with someone who wasn't a fan. Like I I got there are some people who might perform and marry someone who loves them on stage. Yeah, definitely. But my my wife didn't see me on stage for a while. I didn't want her to see that polished version of myself. Of I wanted course. her to see the, the real you. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, authenticity is so important, and especially with these big decisions. Because nowadays, like especially with like social media and um, and the celebrity and the popularity thing, you know, everyone seems to sort of shift away from the authenticity part. When I was in college, Facebook came out. Of course, there was MySpace before that, and there was AOL. But I I don't envy young people mm. who have a supercomputer in their pants pocket and they can look and compare themselves because it looks like people have their lives together but i assure you they don't they're just showing what they want to show you exactly i would not trade my life for anyone because i have an amazing wife and i have a daughter that i just love so much exactly and that's i hope hope everyone gets there that would be my hope i would hope everyone gets a place where they wouldn't want to change your life or trade it with anyone Definitely, because because yeah, with with social media, it seems like people are trying to compete to 
to to portray a life that's not realistic in some ways. You know what I'm saying? Like p- going out to a yacht every I don't know now and then, right? To the beaches. To, I don't know. I loved Kanye West music. Do I think I would like Kanye West the person? Probably not. Mm. Probably not. Mm. Um, that's it. You know. <laughs> That's it. Like I, I like Jewish mm-hmm. people. I don't like people speaking poorly of ethnic groups or religious groups. Mm-hmm. So, um, and social media has that thing about it, you know. Yeah. Full, full respect to what you just said. I completely agree with you, with with well, with everything that you just said. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I that I value that a lot too. I mean, and speaking of shows, all right. Um, it's sort of like a question that, um, sort of came out with with some 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 of my friends are discussing like w- how do you sort of control the degree of sort of because you do have to make it fun right obviously yeah. it's very fun not uh, watching your show and see see them dancing and some doing all these funny things and on stage and <laughs> um but how do you sort of do you do you sort of consciously like have like a degree of how much you want to have fun but also not like cause too much embarrassment embarrass people yeah uh that's such a good question. As an analogy, if a stand-up comedian is telling jokes from a thousands of people and everyone's laughing at them, mm-hmm. they don't feel bad. They're doing their job. Mm-hmm. If I put you in a situation where I allow you to be funny, mm-hmm. people are laughing at you, but you walk away not feeling bad. You more or less became a stand-up. Yeah, sure. I do something to you. There's a theory in in comedy where you can punch down. Mm -hmm. And if you punch down, it's not kind or polite. Mm -hmm. So the person with more power should be punching up. If David beats the giant Goliath, Mm -hmm. everyone cheers for David. But if the giant beats a little David, no one's on your team. Sure. And I mean, on this point, how powerful is hypnotism? Like, could could you make someone literally do anything? Like, if 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 That's someone's hypnotized, you know, can you just say, "Okay, I want you to, I don't know, cl- climb climb this mountain," or I don't know, is something insane? And that's the kind of cool thing too. They've hypnotized people and said, "Here's a beaker of acid." throw it onto someone's face. Like that study has been done. <laughs> it of so course has been a real water. person or like a, to a real person. Oh my yeah. God. Having said that I cannot perform hypnosis for active duty military people in this yeah. country, of course, because they have information that we should not know as civilians and they're yeah. taught to act. You can ask questions later, but they're taught to act. Mm. Um, I can't perform hypnosis in Germany until I take an ethics test and that ethics test is in German. So I won't be performing hypnosis in German anytime soon. Oh. <laughs> not because I'm not, well, I just don't speak or read German. <laughs> Send these for the German friends. Yeah. Actually, one of my closest friends is, is German. He also runs podcasting with me, but he he, he, oh. he, he unfortunately didn't watch the show, but he, he did say that he wants to watch the show. But anyways, that's a side note. Um, but also coming back to the point about hypnotizing people, how long does the hypnotism last? Because that's a good question. Because yeah, because like 
because I was surprised because at the end of the show, you didn't have a point where because everyone's like, oh, that's straight, that's straight, that's straight, right? There wasn't a oh, point yeah, yeah. that you said, okay, wake up. Everyone just sort of just uh, left. Like, and you're like, you know what? They're fine. They're fine. And I was, I was a little confused, you know. How long does hypnosis last? So I say at the end when I wake everyone up, uh, from this point on, the suggestions I gave you are all gone. From this point on, you can believe that you were hypnotized, but you will remember your name. You can believe that you weren't hypnotized, but you can be your authentic, true self. When you leave the room, you remember everything and you're no longer hypnotized. But until you leave the room, you think that I'm Drake. So it'll be the same as saying, until I snap my fingers, you will cluck like a chicken. Oh. Once you hear the snap. So I didn't have to be in the room for that. I just said, when you step out of the room, at that point, you'll, you'll remember everything you did. So their subconscious took them out of the room. And then the moment they stepped out, boom, they're awake. Something like that. I, yeah, yeah. They're physically, like they're, they're awake. They're in waking hypnosis, what we call that. You know, your eyes are open. You're, you're moving around. Because if they were hypnotized and their eyes had to be closed the whole time, they couldn't walk. They couldn't dance. They couldn't find their friends. Yeah. So their eyes are open, but they're still in that trance, that movie theater-like mentality. What if someone doesn't wake up or if someone's always in the hypnosis state? You know what I'm saying? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I've had people say, hey, would you call my friend? I need you to snap my friend out because they're still walking weird. I've weird school in Indiana will have me back year after year and shows over. Good night. Thank you for hanging out. People are like, Chris, that guy you hypnotized. There are witnesses has his shirt off and is walking around campus scaring people. This guy was a running back, shoulders, muscles everywhere. Mm -hmm. I went out, I'm looking for him and he's like grunting at people, shirtless. I'm like, Jeez. oh God. I'm like, hey, relax, let go. He's not listening to me. I swear on my life, I have three witnesses. I go behind him, I put him in a hug. I go, go to sleep, go to sleep. I'm holding on to him with both arms. We go to the ground gently. And I go, when you wake up, you're alert. You're no longer hypnotized. And he goes, no one tells me what to do. And he picked us up off the ground. I was like, oh my God. And he's still running around. His football Jesus. team is like, hey, come over here. Talk to him. Guy, calm down. They're holding him. It's like, dude, camp security is going to be here. The police are going to get called. You got to knock this off. Nothing stopped. I'm like, does he have any friends? Like his sister. They call his sister, like, get here. Your brother's acting up. They're going to call the police. His sister finally gets her. She starts walking. She sees these people, like, holding on to him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what are you doing? He starts bawling. She takes him away. And I was like, hey, this is my number. Call me if you need me. She's like, you've done enough. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. And I drove four hours home without stopping. I was like, I want to be away from this school Damn. forever. <laughs> So uh, there's some stuff in the brain we don't understand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because if someone is hypnotized, are they always in the state? Or there's like a time lapse that sort of just their consciousness kicks Here, back in. This might help answer the question. Like, what are the extents, the, the extent of someone getting hypnotized? I did a show in Wisconsin. And I, I said, guys, the police are here. You've seen this routine. Guys, please are here. Hide. Or I go, ladies, hide. Guys grab your shirt, turn your shirt inside out. So the men have their shirts inside out. The girls go, woo, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm on to the next routine. And this person's like, hey, Chris, come here. There's a woman 
just wearing a bra. She took off her shirt. When she heard the word guys, she included herself. Nothing mm-hmm. about gender, just blanket statement, guys. So there's a woman now uh, in a bra. And I sneak over there. I say, put your shirt on. I come back on stage. I finish the show. And the very next day, I get an email. My agent's forwarded from her dad. And they're like, who is this hypnotist? He turned my daughter into something horrible. She's so embarrassed. She doesn't want to come to school. She was a 4.0 student. And now in the first day, your hypnotist made her feel like a ditz, like like less than a person should feel. Mm. And uh, I will never forget that. Mm. I felt very bad. Mm-hmm. I could, I can't undo that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. So bad things does happen sometimes. Some things, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, mm-hmm. I feel bad for her. I feel kind of worse for the dad. Like, mm-hmm. okay, she's wearing a bra. Not a lot of people saw it. It's kind of like having a swimsuit on. It's 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 not that terrible. But I'm not her. Yeah. Right. Of course. I'm not her father. Yeah, of course. Definitely. So I do have empathy and um, yeah, I haven't been back to that school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Just what it is. Like, yeah, I'm, also, I have- yeah. On the point of like cigarettes, because you, you did say, say that, you know, um, hypnotism can help with like coping with you know, him, um, addictions, traumas, or yeah. all that. What, so, so that would be lifelong lasting, though, right? Like those effects. Yeah. Uh, it definitely can be um, like any profession. Some people are better than others at their jobs. I'm not saying I'm good, but just like there are good doctors. There are bad doctors. There are good lawyers, bad lawyers. Kid Cudi quit smoking cigarettes with a hypnotist. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's father, uh, um, Matt Damon quit smoking. Like they're a celebrity mm-hmm. hypnotist and they get paid like a thousand dollars how people quit smoking, which is a lot of money. But also if you're doing a pack a day, $9 a pack. That adds up. Mm, true, true, true. You know, it's worth. I it. quit drinking alcohol with a book. Like you can listen to hypnosis. You could also just read it. It was like these are the reasons why you don't need alcohol. Like if, oh wow, you're at a great party with all your, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's it's if the reasons are accurate and make sense to you and they speak to you, you have an emotional response. Uh, emotional yeah. response. That's the biggest word. Yeah. yeah, connecting with the deep emotional state. Um, I mean, I think we've covered a lot today, but I think there's this big segment that I still want to touch okay. on. Um, I don't know. Okay. If, do you still have enough Alrighty. time with this, right? Or Yeah, please. Okay. Let's go. Let's talk about sort of teaching us hypnotism a little bit. So this is where the fun okay. part comes. Can you teach us a little bit about hypnotism? Can you show it like through the screen? I mean, we're in a Zoom meeting, but a yeah. lot of people will be um, listening uh, with the episode, obviously. Or I mean, I could probably send out a recording later. But can you teach us some skills so we can actually use it? And the second thing is, yeah. can you actually hypnotize me over the screen right right here, right now? Is that possible? I will. Uh, let's let's put attack in part B, and let's try part A right part now. Part A, yeah, of so. course you're listening to this um you can make your own hypnosis audio track you can use your recorder on your phone Mm -hmm. if you happen to have a cassette player dvd cd player how is that possible but (laughs) (laughs) you can write down Uh i know i i I don't know write down what you want all right so give yourself permission to write down i'd like to to improve uh, my language skills. I want to build better relationships. I want to learn a different language. I want to get better at math. You write down all these things. 
you say them into your recording device. So yeah. we'll use the example of your soccer. What position are you in soccer? Goalkeeper. Goalkeeper. Okay. Sorry. Do you have a favorite goalie by chance? Uh, Someone you admire? I'll say goalies are psycho, by the way. They're psycho. It depends like, on that's who That's so you. much pressure. It's so much pressure to say. Right? Yeah. If you don't understand soccer, you can't explain why you jump as soon as the person starts running. Like you have to predict. There's not, if it goes to penalty kicks, you have to go with your gut. They're, they're going to go left yeah. or right. They're like, why? Are you, they jumped the wrong way. Like you don't have enough it's, time. There's not enough time. You have to predict it's an instinct but then it's it with time it does come with practice like like i, I oh, can yeah. see see mm-hmm. how where they're going to kick before they kick it in some ways so i save penalties like that's one of my specialties i guess but anyways that's cool. um coming back to your point yes i do i say my my idol is leviashin because he's the only goalkeeper that has won ballon d'or but he's back in the 1940s but um a 1950s Soviet goalkeeper, but yes, okay, 1960s. Sorry, but Levy. That's great. You're a student of the game. Cool. So you can imagine how they played. You can imagine how they practiced. You can imagine how they prepped for the game. So you can put yourself into that mentality. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a dry race board or a movie theater. Let's do a movie theater. Movie theater is right here. Now see them on the field, the pitch, what have you. Now see yourself right next to them as their legs move. Your legs moving the exact same way. See a striker coming. Mm-hmm. See yourself approaching the striker, grabbing the ball. Mm-hmm. See yourself blocking. See yourself. Uh, it comes down to a penalty kick. I do you're moving so much. exactly <laughs> like your hero. That's yeah. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just daydream that, mm-hmm. and the subconscious mind does not know the difference between reality and imagination. Mm-hmm. Like if I would not do this, but if I said, you're stupid, you're not good at this mm. and you accept that mm. your mind is, is now saying, I'm not smart. Like I think I am. Interesting. I'm not worthy of this. So words are very, very, very important. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. And, and then with, with, for listeners, um, you're saying that everyone just visualize something that, that they want to achieve or they, some, someone that they model and then write it down and if you're able to record it record it play it with music if you want and then turn off the lights sit still play it back whatever it is but make it visual like everything see yourself on the field see your opponent see yourself holding the cup up you've won see yourself congratulating your 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 teammates see yourself shaking hand with the person you just beat i like to say you kick ass with class if i knock you down i'm gonna pick you up Mm. because as a football thing i'll put you back on your butt again Mm -hmm. like Mm. i don't need you to feel bad i'm just gonna be really good at what i do Mm -hmm. that's the athletic side that's not the performer side when i won one of my best races in conference I had done all the work. I didn't know I was going to win until mile two of a three mile race. Mile two, I dropped people on a hill, like going up the hill. I dropped them Mm. and then I flew down the hill. I ran so hard that day. Guy in like fourth place was taken home in an ambulance. (laughs) Like it was a good race. I said, 
like this guy who's now a friend of mine, like he was going to go to Yale. He had a 36 ACT. It was perfect. I said, he can have the entire world, but I'm winning this one race. And that was conference. I threw up violently at the end of the race. I, there is nothing left I had, but I, I knew, you know, I could get there and I got there and we can talk more about psychological tricks. Part of the reason I won that race is I lived, I went to school six miles away from this kid, my, my main competition, the rival was St. Ignatius. Mm -hmm. And for one workout, coach is like, do whatever you want. I ran six miles to where they worked out. Mm -hmm. Right. And I said, Hey coach, would you mind if I work out with the team? He's like, no, fine. And I beat them in their workout. Mm -hmm. And I said, Oh my God, thank you so much, coach. I really appreciate that. Our team's not that big. I'm the only senior and I really appreciate this workout. And then I said, thank you guys so much. And I knew that day I had beat their spirit. They're like, he just ran to our school, beat us in the workout. And he's running back. He's running 12 miles plus our workout. We can't beat this guy. I was hurt the next day. I was hurt running back. But psychologically, I was going to have them beat in a month. Mm. I don't do things today for tomorrow. I'll do things today for a month for six months into the future, like as an athlete. Do do what kind of things? Just anything that can help you. Yeah, yeah. So if if we're trying to hypnotize you and the game's tomorrow and it's your first session, like this, this might not be what you deserve. Mm -hmm. But for example, Michael Phelps, he knows his workouts a thousand days before the big race. And he has a few races too. So he has a thousand training sessions. That's a lie. A thousand training days. And in those thousand days, he might have two or three sessions. Mm -hmm. So here's when you're going to peak. And this is the week of the Olympics. Here's world champions. Here's when you get the national. Here's where you get the world record. But we have to have a thousand training days mm -hmm. to get there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, and then, so at that point, he already, he's, he, he already, he was, he's already visualizing the race. Yeah. A thousand he days. says, I'm just checking off, I'm checking off boxes. He's like, I'm checking off. So when you see me before the race with my headphones on, he's like, I'm just listening to the music. I've already visualized losing. It's not the end of the world. I visualized winning and I visualized dominating. So he says that one of the races, his goggle filled with wa water. Maybe I think he lost a contact as well. Either way, he's swimming blind, but he'd prepared for that. He's like, I'm just counting my strokes. He's like, I literally couldn't feel the wall. And one race where he lost, it was a relay, I believe. But he's practiced with his coach. His coach says, what do we do, Michael? We swim. And what do we do? We punch the wall. Mm -hmm. And the swimmer in the other lane, truly beat him but he just touched the wall michael phelps because of his coach because a thousand days punched the wall at practice every time he punched it he knew the perfect amount of pressure and bam the other person outswam him but he didn't punch the wall so michael got the goal we're just we're just checking boxes we're just checking all the boxes and if you check 98 boxes it's not 100 but Probably no one's going to beat you. 
checking boxes, thinking ahead. That's probably one of the best best advice I've ever heard. <laughs> um, Appreciate first it. of all, um, I mean, I think we can run this forever. Literally, I have so many questions for you, but unfortunately, like everything, um, like, you need to go to bed. N- not only that, the I library is closing. Um, literally right now that's why the librarian was bang <laughs> um oh, I got i'm in the library right now but um f- again oh my days thank you so much for doing this podcast it was absolutely amazing i'm running out of vocabulary but it was one of the best episodes i've ever conducted I mean, yeah, again, thank you so much for this and uh, if if it's possible I'm not if it's possible but could we please stay in touch? I mean, this is... Yeah, absolutely, man. I want to see where you go athletically and just as a person. Like, I, I'm not saying this to be polite. Uh, I cared about the bigger perspective and mm-hmm. what is this universe about and life about when I was your age? Mm-hmm. But there was no way I was going to share that with people. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very, I'm very proud of you. I can say that because I'm very Thank proud you. of you. Thank you so much. And I'm, I am truly a big fan with this, you know, obviously, as you can see. Thanks for wearing this shirt. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, once again, thank you so much for Please. coming. Yeah. Uh, send me a link when this drops uh, or send me a text when this drops and of I'll course. share it with my 12 fans. <laughs> oh, my. thank you so much. And uh, for listeners who tuned in today, it was absolutely amazing experience. And thank you so much for joining us today. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>